Welcome to the Grab Lies Podcast. I am your co-host, John Vargas. And to start our disclaimer, everything, all the views and expressions on this podcast are not reflective of the City of Los Angeles Fire Department. So today we're going to shift things a little bit. We have a guest and we do not have Trevor today. He's not feeling very well. He's under the weather. And recently we've seen a high increase in call volume And I, myself included, have been very depleted from no sleep, and he is feeling under it right now. So we will continue without him today. Um, But yeah, I really want to honor Trevor as my co-creator and and co-host of this podcast. So Trevor, if you're listening, buddy, love you, brother. Mm -hmm. So Amber Cottle is our second guest on the podcast, and she is an amazing human being. And when I met Amber, uh, we definitely connected her and Haley and uh, and I, and we really loved uh, the way uh, she just approaches life. And we're going to listen to her story. She is a chef, and she manifests consciousness within her work, which is wonderful. And the word that comes up for me when I talk to Amber, when she speaks, is embodiment and the embodiment of the true divine feminine. And with this divine feminine quality, it's just really profound to see someone step into her power within that nature of the self and her conscious approach to bringing health and wellness with food. It's a beautiful thing to see. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce Amber. So Amber, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you for the wonderful intro and compliment. Really appreciate it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so just to start, we I want to just have the viewers and the, uh, the audience really hear your story of origin, where you come from, where you came onto your path uh, from your story of your life. Okay. So go ahead. Okay. All right. Great. So since an early age at about I don't know, five years old, I was always in the kitchen. I was obsessed with food. And I grew up in the South. And when I would go to visit my grandma in Ohio, I'd pick cherries and make cherry pies. And I've always been obsessed with food. Food was like my first love. Started cooking at a very young age for my family. Went to an early culinary school at around the age of 10. But at the same time, God, yes, granted me this amazing passion for food, but also I started to create this unhealthy relationship with food in my body at a very young age, at around the age of 10. And it was a way of me self-numbing and self-soothing, and it was honestly my best friend. So I had this love and this passion and creativity for food, but then I had this like dark shadow side. And that really transpired all through high school and all through definitely into college and I ended up going and getting my bachelor's in hotel restaurant management from Auburn. And I always knew I wanted to be in the restaurant business. In fact, I started spinning cotton candy at the age of 14 and then worked at Dippin' Dots and then pizza. Like I've never been in another industry besides the restaurant business and I'm 47. So literally I've been in the restaurant business since the age of 14. Mm -hmm. I read this astrology book when I was 16 and it said, you're destined to be in the culinary profession. And that was after I already knew that I was definitely going to be in the restaurant business and I wanted to be a chef. And so after Auburn, I worked in the front of the house in restaurants, but I always wanted to have my hands in the food. And so I migrated to Fort Collins, Colorado, where I apprenticed under a Southern Italian chef. And that's where 
got all my scars and burns and cried every single day and almost quit <laughs> every single day. And I was the only woman in the kitchen and was working 80 hours a week and making $5, $5 an hour and was like, I loved it. Like I could not get enough of it. Is that fueled like more of a, a masculine field? Yes. Yeah, so this oh, is I a good, that. yeah. So I've definitely, this embodiment that you spoke about, my divine femininity is something I just stepped into. I don't want to say just because that diminishes it, but I stepped into about six years ago. Hmm. So I chose this masculine industry and being an all female, I mean, in an all male kitchen, I mean, I definitely had to wear a more masculine side and personality and act like one of the guys and definitely squashed my femininity 100%. That's so interesting because in our field of work, we have that uh, kind of counterbalance with the feminine in our culture Mm -hmm. because, I mean, the way that I describe it to people is you kind of have to visualize you're stepping into, like, let's say South America, you went in the middle of the jungle and you're going to be, let's say you're an anthropologist and you're going to study a tribe. And to be able to study them, you're going to need to be accepted by them and mm. their dialect and the way they go about things and their culture and their, their, their culture as a tribe can be totally different from, I don't, I'd say a mile away from someone in that rainforest or whatever. And when you're adapting to like a tribe and the way they have these things set up, it, it takes a lot of work and to step into that especially being a woman, it takes a lot of guts and a lot of, I always say, self-realization to understand yourself, make sure your truth is not not taken from you or your power taken away from you, but by the same token, understanding the rites of passage mm. for a tribe or just the way things are said or done. And we definitely have that within our culture. It's yeah. like, it's it takes a long time. It takes about like five years to really understand it. It's, yeah. it's why when we even speak a certain way, we mm. have... I have a whole list of stuff that's called LAFD nomenclature. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I mean, for you to step into your field as a woman, it's really empowering. And yeah, it's wonderful. And that's why I really wanted to have you on here to really see how difficult it could be. But by the same token, stepping into your power. And yeah. Yeah. So I was giving my power away definitely to food during, because I was like deep in food addiction with binging and restricting, Mm. hating my body, not feeling great in my body. But then I was also giving my power away to the business, to the men around me. I mean, I was eating like the men, drinking like the men, smoking like the men, trying to exercise like the guys. I mean, I was like the only woman in the kitchen, right? And I definitely was, I didn't even know what it meant to step into my divine feminine power and have those boundaries. I mean, now I do, and I run my businesses in a completely different way. But when I was in my early 20s, an executive chef, I, I mean, I was so I was so new, and I had to have the mentality with off with your head. I mean, most of my guys were Latino and they were older than me that worked underneath me and I would just fire people left and right. And I was, I was a maniac to prove my power. Right. So it was just very, very, as I look back, I mean, so many, so many lessons of like how I gave my power away. And so I moved to LA 23 years ago to open up a restaurant called Metatronio in Hermosa beach where I was the executive chef and worked 80 to 85 hours a week And just that alone is putting me into my masculine. I mean, I was constantly doing, 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 look at my badge of honor, look at how much I work. You know, I can work 15 hour days and only go pee once and not drink any water and party all night. Like, look at me, how tough I am. So that already was putting into my, putting me into my masculine energy. Meanwhile, I was self-soothing with food. So here I am creating these beautiful tapas and 
Italian Spanish cuisine and I had this deep same shameful secret of binging and restricting starving myself compulsively over exercising and purging and I lived with that secret for about 30 years and my 20s and my 30s were the worst and I was really really sick with it and I would manage my pain through Advil and overeating sugar and drinking alcohol and drugs and cigarettes and caffeine and so I got into basically all all of my addictions for to step around so I wouldn't eat. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to eat and binge, but it's okay to drink, you know, a bottle of tequila or smoke a pack of cigarettes or do some cocaine or whatever it was. And all of those things were keeping me completely disembodied, disconnected from my true self. I didn't even know what that meant in my 20s and 30s, honestly. And I definitely wasn't in my power, right? I was giving all my power away to outside sources. So I did that. Until about 11 years ago, I hit my rock bottom. And my rock bottom was, I had, I had two torn hip labrums, one in each hip. And I went to get my first surgery and the doctor was like, oh, you need to take all this medication and you know Advil and Percocet and all of this to manage your other hip. And then we do want to recommend you getting a second surgery. And so I finally had this wake up call that I was like, wait a second, I want to heal myself with food. I don't want to feel bloated, fatigued. I was overweight. I, I had adrenal fatigue. I was um, constantly feeling um, gassy, constipated, just like run down. I was very depressed. I was very unhappy. I hated my body. I was uncomfortable in my skin. I barely could get any joy and pleasure out of food when I ate. And here I was like creating this beautiful, sexy food for everyone else. So I went away to this retreat, this spa in the desert called We Care Spa. And I, of course, went secretly to get skinny because it was like starve your basically fast and get colonics. But what I didn't know, it ended up being a complete spiritual awakening, if you want to call it. And I got knocked down on my butt and got basically ripped open. And in the desert for seven days as I was detoxing, I started, um, I was introduced to pranayama breath work. And that was where I really started my meditation practice. And there was a guy there that was speaking about self-love. And I was like, wow, self-love. I don't even know about self-love. And he was like, list all the ways you love yourself. And I was like, I think I listed John like three things. And I was like, there's something wrong with this. And so while I was in the desert, I was purging and crying. And I started have having these visualizations around and hearing spirit or God or whatever your word is really start to speak to me. Like you can heal yourself with food. You can take your power back from food and really start honoring the healing properties of food. Right. And so I started thinking about turmeric at the time and turmeric now is hot, but back then it was like, it was rare. It was still like, it was like a new thing. And Pe- so, people think it's curry. It's curry. Yeah. This guy jokes with me at work okay. where I'm cooking turmeric <laughs> rice and he says, wait, what about that curry what rice? I was like, dude, rice? it's turmeric rice. It's turmeric. Right. <laughs> And so 11 years ago, it was fresh. So I started having these visions on making this turmeric tonic and healing myself with food. So I, when I got back from the desert, I dove deep into acupuncturists, functional doctors, 
natural paths, kundalini, breath work, tantra. I just like went for it. <laughs> I mean, that's my personality. And, and I was like, I was so hungry to heal myself and to take my power back from food. And I was so, you know, the saying, I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired. For sure. And I think so many of us and me for 30 years, so used to walking around feeling a certain way that once you get a taste of feeling good, you don't, then you realize how bad you felt your whole life. Right. Because it's so normal for it's so common for people to say, Oh, I'm really tired. I need to drink that extra cup of coffee or I have brain fog or whatever the thing is. So we reach for the sugar or the alcohol or the caffeine or the thing that's gonna make us feel temporarily better when really our body is screaming at us for a change. So, you know, those symptoms come up because of a deeper root problem. That's crazy because I mean I'm super bummed that Trevor is not here because yeah. he's actually the one who got me into embodying my own diet. Mm. And he, Trevor doesn't eat gluten. Okay. And he went through these own issues uh, where he had a lot of inflammation, brain fog, and he went to go see a naturopath. And from what I remember, he had like, they put these vials on him to where they, I think they, they try to test your Muscle ref- testing, yes. reflexibility, right? Exactly. And when they put gluten on top of it, his stomach and then they lifted his leg, like he wasn't able yeah. to lift it. I don't want to butcher the story, but that's yeah. from what I remember Trevor told me. And I got into not eating gluten. I haven't eaten gluten maybe, I don't know, a couple of years now. Okay. And from there, I really cut out inflammatory foods because mm-hmm. I had a lot of inflammation at work and certain things about me, like I carried a lot of heat in my body. And so I had yeah. to reassess you know, the foods that I ate and what's measurable for my own blueprint and how I eat food. And it's just, it, everyone's different, right? And Everyone is different. Not everyone's made the same. And, and when you cut out certain things like processed foods, you're able to yes. really feel better. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, for the last podcast, we were leading up into food Yeah. and we really are kind of piggybacking off that for this nice. podcast. And that was kind of like what our purpose was. Yeah. And I always say, like, now, if I even eat gluten, I feel terrible. Yeah. And I feel like shit. I feel like I'm sick yeah. for at least an hour or two hours until that fully yeah. digests. Exactly. But I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. No, that's okay. You were talking about, like, your your next pa- yes. your almost stage. So my next stage was I came back and I basically knew that I needed to quit my job at Metatronio, that my path now, my purpose, my sole purpose was to heal myself, but also make a difference in people's lives through food and the quality of food and to teach and inspire people that what we put in our bodies matters right now today. And so through trial and error and prayer and meditation and breath work and me diving deep into spirituality and finally starting to trust life and find a connection with my higher power that allowed me to surrender to this flow that I'd never like felt before. And that this was this, this part of me starting to become embodied and awake and aware and feeling comfortable in my own skin. Right. And so through that kind of a long story short, but then my, the source cafe opened, which is my restaurant I have now that I opened a little over 10 years ago. And everyone was like, don't open it. It's going to be too healthy. Nobody cares about that kind of stuff. And I just knew in my soul, it was like a soul calling. Like I could feel it in every cell of my body. I was having visualizations about it. I could picture it. And it, 
it happened the way I opened up the sores. It, it was all happened in synchronicity. I had surrendered. I asked God what I wanted. And literally like 45 days later, I had a restaurant. I mean, it was like a crazy story. That story alone is really crazy about manifestation and believing and surrendering. And so now here's the source 10 years later. And my literally my soul, pur- one of my sole purposes is to make a difference in people's lives one bite at a time and really showing that that what we put in our bodies right now matters so much and to change the stigma around the word healthy, because I think still when people think of healthy food, they think that it's steamed tofu and broccoli and chicken, and that it can have a bad connotation that it's boring and it's bland and I'm going to be so I'm going to be hungry and bored. And for me, food is still my first love. I never want to feel deprived with food. And so when I started going to doctors muscle testing me and acupuncturists, I couldn't have gluten and soy and corn and nightshades. And there was this huge list. And so that prompted my creativity, taking my classic chef training and me self-training and studying with the powers of superfoods. And that's how the source was born. And that's how I create now and cook now. So, and that's, yeah. And it's ever evolving. (laughs) I mean, it's crazy because we talk about all these foods. A lot of it is processed food, right? Yeah. And I remember talking to you about when someone says they're vegan and they're Mm -hmm. eating all this like bag of a bag of chips, they're eating all these like processed impossible burgers. It's just a bunch of processed foods. It's processed. It's pressed and they manipulate it with a ton of glyphosate. Exactly. And all these inflammatories. And when someone thinks they're eating healthy and then they're, they're not replenishing themselves with vitalized food yeah. it's just like you're missing the whole point here missing the whole point <laughs> so eating whole foods yeah exactly like whole, whole foods. foods that are essential to your vitality yes and i mean for myself i go off what i feel good with what resonates with me and that's basically how i really shift my diet yeah and i first cut out all processed foods i don't mm-hmm. eat gluten or corn and i try to cut out seed oils Without a doubt. It's, it's the super hardest. Hard. <laughs> I mean, we could talk for hours on seed oils. It's so hard. I mean, it's what's making our country so sick is because right. the high PUFAs, the polyunsaturated fats, right. and it's in everything. It's and everything. And it's even on like whole food bar- hot bars where you think that the food is quote unquote healthy and you pick up some roasted chicken and then you look at the back and the first ingredient is canola oil. And right. unfortunately, it causes oxidation in the body and it causes fatty liver disease and heart attack and obesity. I mean, we're one of the sickest countries because of how much seed and vegetable oils we use, unfortunately. So yeah, no, to, for people to understand what seed oils are, they are these oils like canola oil, sunflower oil, soy, vegetable oil, soy oil. The only good oil you can really eat is avocado oil, uh, olive oil and coconut oil. And coconut right? oil. And, and like lard, if you want to cook with lard. But a, yeah. A ghee, and ghee or butter. Exactly. And so these uh, seed oils, it manifests into atherosclerosis, which for yeah. all those nerds out there, all the paramedics possibly, heart disease is basically it's calcified fat that's within your, your blood vessels. And that's what creates heart attack. And so we're seeing now for all these studies and the greater awareness that's shifting at this time that these oils are actually what's causing heart disease. It's not actual fat, but good fats are good for you because your body actually turns it into energy. Yes. And you're shifting something from, you know, a, a whole agenda and generation of pe- making people sick to cut costs yeah. on things. Yeah. Because vegetable oil is easy to use, right? You're going to so cook easy. everything with it. It's easy. It's flavorless. It actually works really well. I mean, it's the best thing to fry in. Right, it exactly. really is. It makes everything crispy. So it's, and it's cheap and it's affordable and it's, it's everywhere. And I think I like how you said earlier, how you started to tune into your body and 
kind of find the diet that worked for you and you started cutting out things that didn't work. And I think people can start to experiment with that because we're all different, right? Every time I'm, I speak like, and somebody listens, oh, okay, I'm going to eat like that chef or like, don't eat like me. You have to experiment. Maybe dairy works for you, but it doesn't work for me or corn works for me. It doesn't work for you. And once you start to really tune in to your body and how you feel, mm-hmm. then when you eat that thing that doesn't make you feel good, you're going to realize, oh, wow, like I have been walking around with that brain fog or fatigue or why am I constipated or irregular? I mean, our symptoms in our body are, it's a blessing, you know, right. I mean, they come up because there's something deeper going on. And um, our bodies tell us stories, right? They tell us stories. So if you look at you know, ancient technology of these maps. Our ear is a map to the entire body. Our hands is a map to the entire body, internal organ systems. Our feet, same thing. And if you listen to your body, it's always telling you something. It is. And if it speaks to you you and you don't listen, it's going to manifest into injury or dis-ease. It's an imbalance. Oh, it's an imbalance. And that's what I did for 30 years. I never listened to my body. I was constantly sick with either pain my adrenals would always go up out. I had chronic fatigue, but my eating disorder was a symptom. And I was just, I kept numbing it and shoving it under the carpet with more sugar, more caffeine or more alcohol or more drugs. And I was never willing or ready to look at the root cause. I was just, I was ignoring it until one day my body was like, okay, cool. Now you've got like 10 symptoms and you're sick and you have to get surgery and you have to be on medicine and like all these things. And that's when my wake up call was because I wasn't willing to stop and listen to my body. I mean, our bodies tell us what we need to know when we're willing to listen. Yeah. And for some reason, we like to punish ourselves. We like to punish ourselves. And we ourselves. make our own selves suffer. Yeah. And it's a, it's a constant pattern we're seeing in humanity. Yeah. And why do we like to make ourselves sick? I don't know. And then you have the government assisting you to make yeah. yourself sick by really putting all these nasty uh, chemicals and processed foods out there that are easy, cheap, you know, just for you to access. Yeah. And people are unconsciously think, grabbing these things off the shelves and putting them into their bodies. And now what do you have? You have a, a pandemic of illness. It's a pandemic <laughs> of illness. It, it is 100%. Like it is a pandemic. And someone had told me this years ago because I mean, I would work in some serious uh, poor areas, one of the poorest areas you could ever have in the country. Mm-hmm. And seeing how some of these people are stuck generationally in these places. And why? Because look around the corner. What are these places that they have to eat at? They have all these uh, fast food places, all these places, all they have to offer is processed foods Mm. and it's making them sick generationally and they can't get out of this hole unless you can sing good or do something super talented, play basketball, play football, whatever, and get out and uh, now you can escape it. But it's like, that's one in a million, how you're going to be able to escape it. So it's sad to see the generations that are stuck within this just, I'd say cesspool of, I mean, of, of a terrible array of unable to get themselves out of this. Yeah. And working in those areas is really sad to see because we there's the call volume is through the through the roof because of everyone that's sick. Everyone that's everyone sick. has hypertension and diabetes. I bet. It's like, okay, so let's see what's around you. Oh yeah, McDonald's, right. Jack of the box. Yeah. And then you get these like these places for, you know, taco stands or whatever. It's just not really healthy it's the oils they put on that stuff is terrible no it's terrible and if you look at europe right how and compare their health to ours there's a reason i mean i think that we're allowed 150 plus preservatives and chemical chemicals that we add to our food that are legal in europe and so it's yeah there's a ton of stuff in in europe that 
we have in our food that is illegal in Europe. That's illegal in Europe. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. It's crazy. There was like, I saw somebody on Instagram and she had like a pack of Oreos from Italy and a pack of Oreos for, from here. And yeah, they were still processed from Italy. Same packaging, but there was like 30 more ingredients on the back of the United States one. I was like, you guys, like, let's just like get it together and help us all because yeah, and it's, I think it's so confusing out there when you think that something's healthy and then it's not. And so that's like this, that's like the most confusing part, I think, too. It's like Jack in the Box and McDonald's, it's obviously unhealthy. But right. if you go to like Whole Foods or a grocery store that has a hot foods bar, one thing I always like to say is like start to really educate yourself and ask questions and look at labels, look at labels. Like people always say, like, what's the best way I can take control of my health and start to feel better or help like nourish my family? And I was like, well, you can start by eliminating processed foods, but also start reading reading labels reading ingredients if you pick up a protein bar and there's 30 ingredients on the back like and you, you can't have no read, idea what it and is you can't read half of them <laughs> you know um if there's roasted chicken it should be roasted chicken and maybe a healthy oil or a fat but it shouldn't be roasted chicken and canola and like 10 preservatives so it's just it's really about educating educating yourself too it's really hard because there's so much information out there i know and how do you narrow it down on what is good and what's not good. I mean, we go back to the fact that you have to listen to yourself Yeah, and shifting the consciousness of understanding that you are a energetic being, you are a superhuman. And if you're able to use yourself, your body as a means, as a tool to understand what resonates, what doesn't with food, that's super important. Yeah. I mean, for myself, I think for me, I took away uh, a bigger step towards clearing my gut biome yeah. and understanding that because there are thousands of neurons that are in your gut. And if, if we're going to help people with behavioral health and shift that for other people and you have poor gut health, yeah, you have brain fog and all these things. I mean, that's something that's a giant portion of behavioral health it with is. food. I mean, for yourself, I think, I think it's important to, to, to see that the way you transmuted it was just it took a, it took a lot of time it took a lot it wasn't of time overnight. no it wasn't overnight and first i had to get an acceptance to where i was and then i could actually start to heal my relationship with food in my body when i started to realize that i needed to look at some of the root issues and start going inward okay so that was like really how i started to take control back with food and my body and learning to step into embodiment, which I didn't even know. But part of that was nourishing too. I needed to like be able to nourish my body with the right foods and respect my body. And yeah. you're a big proponent of a beef liver. I love beef liver. Like I could talk all day about beef liver and I started eating it again about a year and a half ago and it really healed my adrenals. And it's, first of all, eating liver is like really healthy for the liver because we need a, a high level of choline in our diet. But Every time I go get blood work, I've got high um, my B vitamin, my iron are high. K2 is really great for helping with the absorption of calcium into the bones and not into the blood. First of all, it gives me a tremendous amount of energy. I had a liver smoothie before I got here today because it helps, yeah, it, gives, it energizes me and I don't drink caffeine. So yeah, I'm a big proponent of, of liver and I'm a big proponent of bone broth. So bone broth That's loaded right. with so many bioavailable um, nutrients and then the amino acid profile, but that's a really great w thing to start and implement if you want to rebuild your gut to have a cup of bone broth every day. 
And um, especially when you were talking about the gut brain access and depression and mental health and stuff is like really taking a look at your, your gut health and your gut biome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for my, I don't take that many supplements. Yeah. And if I do, I take like three or four that I can feel a difference from. And one of them is a beef liver supplement. Yeah. I feel completely vitalized. I don't have any brain fog. I, I can barely feel uh, like any depletion of minerals in my body when I take that. It's like a one for all catch all multivitamin. And I remember when I understood uh, when you eat uh, organs of the animal, it's like super vitalized to the actual organ yeah. because it carries all the nutrients of that organ. And I guess through uh, ancestral lineage, when we used to be hunter gatherers, when someone would be sick, they would feed that person in the tribe who was sick with the actual organ to mm. help heal them, which I thought was super fascinating. I love this. And it's it's very interesting that now we are coming back to our roots of understanding our ancestral lineages. Yeah, we are. And going back to the wisdom of our culture that goes back however many generations, lifetimes. And because we are disconnected from the earth and we're rebuilding that connection now and it's taking a lot of time because of the disconnect over, I don't know, 100 years, maybe even more than that. Mm -hmm. And as we are doing that, we're shifting our connection with Mother Earth and what it provides for us, especially our nutrients, and seeing how much we desecrate our crops and how much we process things for a cheaper level for you to access them. It's, It's just sad to see, but we're seeing the shift now. And it's important for us as firefighters because we cook at the station. And I see these guys throwing canola oil on the grill. I'm like, dude, don't use that. If you're going to cook, man, use olive oil at least. At least. Because it's in the cupboards at our station. At least, yeah. And when I found out you were a chef, I was like, oh my God, I'm in love with her already. Because I took it upon myself to really improve my cooking skills when when I was at the firehouse. And I, I would see it as an art. Yeah. And... I really wanted to change things the way I cooked and put a bit of consciousness into my meals. Yes. And it's hard because it we're hard. always on the run. Yeah. I'm cooking possibly two meals and in between that we're running calls from God knows what. I can't like, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and throughout the day you gotta you gotta finish in order to yeah. you know cook for everybody. And it could be very exhausting. So guys try to cut corners sure. in order to make things easier on ourselves. Yeah. And I mean it was just kind of funny how one time this guy I used to work with, he used to just throw this thing in the oven. He called it white trash casserole. <laughs> and everyone was forced to eat it. Oh it was my like, God, I'm bad. Why, why would you want to feed guys this I stuff? I can picture man? it, yeah. And it's just kind of funny. He was just like, whatever, man. I mean, if I cooked, that's that's what you're getting. That's what and you're getting. some yeah. guys approach it like that. Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, hold on a second here. Let's reverse our ways of thinking about yeah. this, what we put into our bodies, especially if we're working long 24-hour especially shifts. Especially with that. Yeah. And it's just very vital and paramount for us to shift what we put into our bodies. Yeah, it is. I mean, I had this guy at work, he would have a whole table full of like these supplement supplements he spent probably like $300 on. Yeah. And then he's eating like three rounds of ice cream right. after midnight. I'm like, dude, yeah. oh, hold on a second. Like yeah. why are you counterbalancing or, or, you know, ruining all this money you spent on all these you know, supplements of God knows what's in them. Yeah. And then you're eating ice cream. Like what's yeah. the whole point here? Yeah. I would say, and this profession would be really challenging with the fatigue and overworking and lack of sleep, because that's when like you crave like the sugar and processed foods, sure. right. And caffeine of like really it's setting your, you up for success of like 
where's all the snacks? Like, I guess before your shift starts, you're just like loaded up with like hard boiled eggs and nuts and seeds and different fruits. And maybe you've got some roasted chicken you can pull out and eat or some avocado, but there's also healthy chips out there you don't have to just eat like protein and vegetables, but there could be, you could have some pre-made smoothies and there's, there's ice cream that's made with maple and with either grass fed milk or with coconut milk. Right. So you can, I would say preparation probably would be like the biggest thing, right? You, you know, you can grab your bone broth and I don't know, like your nuts and. Well, we're always cutting costs. Yeah. We, we have a budget okay. to cook and it's very low. Oh, it's low. So with low, you have to get low quality ingredients. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. Getting, right. And no one wants to spend Nobody wants more to spend than $20 it. on food. But when we're eating out, hard. you're spending $15 on one yeah. meal at no, least. Hard. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is, hey, let's increase our value a little bit better because yeah. we are valuable and the co- you are the, let's just face it the cost of everything is going up it is and so you have to spend a little more to feel good oh you have to spend a lot more to feel good i'm yeah. noticing that in my business right now yeah it's crazy it's i mean crazy. it's really sad to it's see crazy. how how are the workers the blue collars in this nation supposed to survive I know. when they're increasing the cost on everything it's hard and it just seems like we're, we're like gonna have to tread water yeah and scrape the edges and the walls in order to make it to the top in yeah. order to feel good and yeah. be somewhat healthy. Yeah. You know what I For mean? For real. Yeah. And it's an eye-opening thing to see, but by the same token, it's depressing. It is depressing. To see I know. How sad it is. How do we change this? Yeah. I mean, I'm just speaking for myself who I, I'm able to make enough to pay a little bit extra, but I'm thinking about some of my family members who can't afford to do so. Yeah. And how are they supposed to get out of this Exactly. Rut? And... There is just a really sad identity to food that's just really unconscious. It is. And how do we shift it? You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's tough. It's really harsh. It is hard. And it's been like a mission of mine to try to educate and inspire. But again, it comes down to monetary, you know, for, for a lot of people to get out of that hole. Damn. I know. It's crazy. So one thing I wanted to bring up too yeah. is uh, the cold plunge. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about it. We love our plunge. Yes. <laughs> so Amber got me to uh-huh. make a cold plunge out of a chest freezer. And so she gave me all of the, the rundown and how to do it. And so now I have a, a cold plunge at my house and it cost me around 1100 tops to make my own cold plunge. And it is seriously one of the greatest practices I ever I've, I've ever done in my life. Me too. I mean, it, the depth of surrender you have with yourself and the amount of health benefits you have, like the little amount of time you have to do to sit in that thing, it's crazy and tremendous. It's amazing. And I think that for me, it's built so much mental strength and resilience. And I love how you say it's like the deepest level of surrender. <laughs> like You don't really have a choice when you're in 38 or 39 degrees water for three to four or five, six minutes. And Talk about when you get out. Like for me, I feel like a warrior, a queen. I'm definitely in my body. I feel embodied, empowered, and confident. Like it's hard to get out of the cold plunge and be like, oh, I'm like in a bad mood and I like hate my life. Like I'm like full of gratitude and I'm ready to take on the day. Like it's really like been probably my top practice also. Yeah. And health benefits. And health benefits. I'm never sick. I mean, my immune system is strong circulation i'm actually starting to be warmer on my own i was always usually i was always so cold but lymphatic drainage um oh my god it kills the white fat cells great for metabolism weight loss i mean energy circulation in the body i mean clarity i don't drink coffee so it's also a really great pattern interrupt during the day if i'm coming 
home from a long morning at the restaurant. I'm feeling tired of taking on a lot of people's energy and I'm feeling like a little funky. I just plunge, get my butt in the water <laughs> and then I'm ready for the rest of my day. I'm like, cool. Okay. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think every single fire station needs a cold for punch real. and you can make them. And if everyone is on board, we all, if we need to do something like this yeah. at a fire station, we put a vote to it. Yeah. And everyone pitches in. How much money? for you guys. We have enough people to, for it yeah. to maybe be like 50 bucks each. Huge you know for your I mean? inflammation and stress and just all the things you guys are on your feet and the adrenal load. I mean, just all of it. And the biggest thing for us is like our cortisol levels are always through the roof. Yeah. And the biggest thing with that is that's the main cause of cancer mm. and the main cause of a lot of hormone uh, imbalance, especially testosterone. And I've noticed when I go into the cold plunge after like a 72 or a 96 hour shift, I can feel my nervous system resetting right then and there within like 30 seconds. Beautiful. It's crazy. Wow. But I think that's when I'm usually resistant to jump in. Like yesterday, I was really resistant. I got off a 72 hour shift. I was like, I got to do a cold plunge. And I was out, as I was doing it, I was hiding and avoiding, pacing around, doing other things. So I didn't have to jump in the cold plunge. Yeah. So I had Paisley, Haley's daughter, count down for me so I can jump in. And she nice. was giggling and laughing because I was just not wanting to go yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. And what's cool about it too is it really puts you into your breath. It does. And you talked about breath work and how essential it is. And Trevor and myself really tap into breath work and the revitalizing of the body just through the power of the breath yeah and cold plunge it puts you there without it does. doubt <laughs> it does naturally it does i mean you have to tune into your breath for sure it's yeah. wild and yeah. so what was the uh that gentleman who created the chest freezer what is his website again yeah he is john i have to look at his look up his name but it's literally like chest freezer um dot com like yeah to, yeah it's like but he was a mate he's amazing he has like all the tools yeah and we'll put all the contacts at the very end yeah for, for like because you have your own instagram or your, yes. your website it's actually on that through my link on instagram i have like a okay. little blog i wrote like from even the temperature gauge that i bought to the caulking sealant that i bought yeah that i use nice yeah and you can make it i mean we invested in the ozone machine which is very vital i think but you can make it for about a thousand dollars or less if you bought one they're about three to five thousand so it's definitely right. affordable and ours are a little bit bigger but people could get a smaller cubic foot but i like the 11 because you can really have space yeah yeah and i was telling you the only thing i could really compare a uh, cold plunge to is cambo Oh, like yeah. that level of surrender it is. is unreal. And you feel like a warrior after that small amount of time of sucking. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's amazingly revitalizing and the health benefits outweigh that small amount of time. Oh. It's going to suck. It's, you just have yeah. to just, you just have go to do in. It. Just go in. And it's becoming a beautiful teacher to me mm -hmm. because you can sit in it. And it, the moment you stop resisting is the moment you begin to find bliss oh, and wonder so within. And oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know for you, but when I go into it and I'm working through things with myself, uh, doing some inner work, yeah. any patterns or conditions that I'm carrying, or even just like uh, going into a meditation, it's one of the best mental practices I have found. Yeah. And there's nothing else like, it's like a drug now. Yeah, it is like a drug. No, Not, it's like a healthy, healthy drug. Yeah, it's a it's healthy amazing. Drug. Yeah. I heard it, it increases dopamine levels it up does. to like three hours. And if you drink, I don't drink caffeine, but if you drink, um, coffee or tea an hour before you get into the plunge it increased the dopamine levels are like even tripled or something oh shit yeah so you should try it i think i did it once with matcha and i was like okay this is fun yeah nice yeah 
No, it's pretty amazing. I definitely, um, for me, I do like my prayers and affirmations and like do I am the some I am the word stuff when I'm in there yeah. and I sit I sit still and I connect to my breath and connect to my body and my heart and it just it opens up my heart to so much gratitude and bliss when I like stop resisting. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it's amazing. I mean you can't really the day ends up going more smoothly in flow and in surrender after the cold plunge. I mean mantras are amazing, right? Yeah. And if you add that with the cold plunge, it is yeah wild. Yeah. And let's take a second to really understand what a mantra is, right? I mean, so mantras can can range from, uh, you can start from a, a Hindu practice where it is, it's just a phrase that is in a, a part of the vibrational language of Sanskrit. Mm-hmm. And when you say a mantra and you don't even know what you're saying, there is a vibrational response within the meridians of your mouth to the energy centers of the body that realign itself to brain center and calmness within oneself. I mean, you can look up a mantra on YouTube and say, hey, I want a mantra for finding inner peace. Yeah. And or or you can find how do I get with past obstructions of myself. Yeah. And you could you could find an amazing mantra. I mean, you can even look up uh, Tibetan monks who have these mantras and they say them and like their whole entire practice is to stare at a big huge gong and, and say Namyoho Renge Kyo for about six eight hours oh wow yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> but these these mantras there when you look past the minimalistic view of it and you kind of zoom out a bit and understand the wider concept of these things a lot of it is is getting past the inner suffering of the self and when you can work with a mantra and and gain a relationship with it i mean i will do a mantra and, and a chant and it's I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm following what it is. And after doing it for, let's say, three months, I feel like a like a direct connection to that mantra mm-hmm. whenever I'm working through it. And if I go into the cold plunge and I add a mantra to it, it actually almost, it's like a synergistic effect where it's like stacking on top of it. And I'm I like, agree. I feel so empowered and vitalized yeah. and embodied, and embodied just like we're talking about it's, it feels good i have like one prayer abundance prayer i do that i really like sink in and tune in and just like i feel like my vibration is i'm getting downloads and uploaded and upgraded immediately right there and then i start in on my, some of my mantras and it just like syncs up i'm like tuned in and zipped up and like yeah it feels it's like weird a, how it does that yeah I mean, I used to look at chants and mantras like, what the hell are these yeah, idiots doing? These a weirdos. Of, a bunch of goddamn hippies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as I, you know, kind of secluded and put past my conditionings from society programming, I began to really step into being open to all cultures, all ancient practices, and really integrating them. And I'm seeing now that as I started doing that, I'm actually way more... Uh, I would say well-versed within my practices that are coming from all different cultures, from like Native American culture to uh, Hindu yogi practices to Tibetan monk chants to uh, just simple uh, quantum physics. Yeah. All these scenes are really coming together as one. It's almost like like a Power Rangers giant robot that's being built and then oh, manifested together. Ah, that's amazing. <laughs> and being able to crush, you know, these just little small like demons that I have just like walking on top of them and yes. like, destroying them. It's like, that's if good. you stack your, your shit, stack it. you can become this giant transformer that's just wrecking all like the things that are false within your mind and in your heart. Oh, I love and that. And finding the truth of yourself. That's amazing. Yeah. 
That's rad. Kind of wild. I love that. Trevor had this this one thing he told me one time that he had this uh, experience where he was kind of using visual, visualization. He was like in a robot just like punching through the walls nice. and stuff. And I was just like, dude, I had the same exact Ooh, I like that. Uh, realization with myself. Oh, you yeah. Know? <laughs> this is funny, but love you, dude. You hear me out there. I know. We miss you, Trevor. <laughs> so like the gut biome, right? Yeah. Like the... So the importance with tapping into the gut area, that energy center of the body resonates with instinct. Yeah. And everyone says, yeah, trust your gut instinct. Well, okay, people don't say this shit for a reason. For okay? a reason, right. It's being brought up to the surface to understand that there is an energy center in this area. It's called the solar plexus. Okay, this is not esoteric knowledge. It may be lost knowledge. I think it's lost knowledge. It's lost knowledge. So with this this energy center there's a lot that resides in it okay the inner child is what resides within the solar plexus and within your digestive tract and everything that goes on within your internal organs specifically the i would say anything above the the belly button correct Mm -hmm. yeah and so with this there's gut biome and things are connected to the energy center and if you deplete it of its nutrients or you just cake the walls with seed oils and just process foods, you're not going to be able to tap into that part of your being. No. It's closed off. Mine was closed off for 30 years. I didn't even know, like, trust your gut. I was like, I couldn't connect with that part of me. My gut was a mess. <laughs> right. It was clouded. Yeah. It was destroyed through antibiotics or alcohol right. or Advil, processed food, sugar, too much alcohol, caffeine. I mean, all the things. Yeah. I think the way I tapped into it so i i heard of pufa a long time ago polyunsaturated fatty acids yeah. and i had this health guru who assisted me with a lot of my mineral intake and health and so he's a huge advocate to fight against pufa mm-hmm. and so i heard about this i want to say three years ago and he gave me these these gut enzymes and the gut enzymes basically they started to eat away at all that processed food within my inner linings of my gut yeah and I still take them to this day. It's part of, it's one of my like number one things that I take every single day. If I'm going to go without something uh, and I would cut everything out, I would still stick to my gut enzymes. I have enzymes too. I take every day. They're non-negotiable. In fact, I take them like a couple times a day when right. I eat. Yeah. And so like with a lot of this the polyunsaturated fatty acids, all that adipose tissue that sits along your joints and that disrupts cerebral spinal fluid from flowing up your spine that disrupts uh, all the brain fog and all that connection to that that area in the brain and all this lymphatic drainage that's stuck. Yeah. The uh, enzymes will help eat away at all that to help it flow easier. And I, I mean, I remember when I first started taking them, I had diarrhea for like two weeks. Yeah, it takes a minute to get used to them. I mean, it, it started cleaning me out. I was like telling they the do. dude, I was like, hey man, like I started having diarrhea. Like yeah. uh, I, what happens when I take too many of these? He started laughing at me. <laughs> He's like, you got a lot of shit and you literally had a lot of crap yeah and i was like oh yeah literally right literally and i was just like after that two weeks i felt so clear yeah i I cut my inflammation in half in my body yeah and just from that those enzymes and depleting myself of all the muck all the muck there's so much muck and like increasing our probiotics and probiotic fermented foods like for even if you don't want to somebody's listening they're like well where do i start and what should i take i don't know what vitamin or supplements like could eat a couple tablespoons of sauerkraut every day right or fermented vegetables like you could just start with that i mean um yogurts are really great fermented vegetables kefir uh bone broth and honestly to start to heal the biome 
eat vegetables and fruits of all different colors. Yeah. And um, if you're eating avocado and blueberries and cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower, that those are actually brain foods also. So those can start, start helping decrease inflammation, give you energy, mental clarity. Literally, we're full of so much crap and like start flushing out your body. Yeah, and your intestines. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, when I had my concussion, it really took me down to another tier of diet because I had to feed my brain and build neurons. And so I filled them with uh, avocados <coughs> and all these uh, higher fatty acids to help the, that chemical uh, branch chain of amino acids to start resetting themselves and building energy and metabolism. And, and it was really important to really take that leap in my diet and i mean going through the inspiration through desperation we find exactly. our answers right that's it and what's crazy about all this is like i would intuitively come across things on the internet or things would fall into my lap upon you know how it was supposed to diet it was just craziness I began to follow my intuition and we talked you talked about following your intuition and creating the source, right? Yeah. I love how you said inspiration to desperation. That's exactly how the source was created. I mean, life will smack us in the face a couple of times until you get it. Until I got, I mean, they smacked me till I was like flat down on my face. Yeah. I was like, I mean, hey, we're cool. so stubborn, right? We're so stubborn. I was like, cool. Okay. I hear you. Like I am so depressed and inflamed and awful. <laughs> like, okay. And in pain and I can't like get up and like walk. Like, okay. I hear you now. <laughs> yeah. What? I don't know why we're so stubborn. I don't know. And it takes us forever to... It really does. We're t- we like pain for we, some fucking we reason. Like, we like pain. We really are like sadistic. Like, it's I like masochism. Like, like a monk in front of yeah. a fireplace, like whipping himself. It's with ridiculous. A, with a, a sack cloth and ashes, just like That's wanting so to punish himself. But why? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Oh my God. And we're still punishing ourselves with food and alcohol. We and do. Prescription drugs. It has to change. It does have to change. And I think it's, um, I think the work with that is taking the courage to start to look inward. <laughs> That's where it For starts. Sure. Because I wouldn't have been able to heal my relationship with food, start to love my body, feel embodied, step into my divine feminine power, take my power back from food, start to even have the willingness to nourish my body with the right food, unless I was willing to take a look in the mirror and start to really peel back the layers of the onion and realize like, these are all symptoms this is not the root cause, what's the root? And so through meditation and mentors and therapists and plant medicine and all things like helped heal that for me. Yeah. I mean, we always talk about mentors on this podcast and we, Trevor and myself have a wide variety array of mentors that we are in contact with that support us on many different scales, many different levels. It's it's important to have that support system. And you're hearing a perspective for someone through it who has lived an experience and they're able to give you guidance. And it's a really wonderful part of your process of evolution of self. Yeah. And I'm seeing now, I mean, with you, I, I love hearing health, um, just ideas from you because you blow my mind every single time. I'm like, holy shit, Amber. Like I had no idea. And we'll both kind of feed off each other yeah. with esoteric knowledge and not, sometimes it's not even esoteric. It's like just divinity of the self connecting right. with oneself yeah. and, and sharing our experiences with one another. Yeah. And that's a beautiful part about this process on our journey is coming in contact with those who are coming into your path 
to realign you to a different perspective. 100%. And I know me and Haley love hanging out with you and just having like a spa day where we yes. go in the cold plunge, go in the sauna and eat all these high vibrational foods. Yeah, it's so fun. And it just feels so good. It feels so good. And I just, I can't thank you enough for just being just a beautiful light and being such a beautiful uh, woman who empowers herself through the embodiment of her own experience, being able to transmute so much of the negativity into the positivity. And we always can never see our own light, but others around you can see it. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I I just really want to honor you and your ability to do so. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Because I like how you said sometimes we can't see our own light. So it's nice to have a tribe, um, the soul tribe that we're creating right now, which is like beautiful that we get to support and see each other on this journey and how much we've transmuted and grown in the last two years. And like we get to witness each other's growth and our light. And it's nice to like honor and acknowledge each other. So right. thank you. Cause I get inspired all the time too through our Marco Polos and conversations and it's helping me grow and ascend. So it's really rad. Yeah. Without a doubt. And yeah. I think for me, my biggest hurdle at this time is being able to receive. Mm. And it's hard sometimes when others are around you and they don't understand the concepts of receiving and being able to uh, grasp the complexity of, I don't know, support, you know, and uh, for myself, you know, you really show me how to receive a bit more and without you knowing it, Mm. you are always teaching me in so many different ways. And it's just really rad. I mean, to meet the embodiment of the divine femininity is very uh admirable and i love to just uh, surround myself around full confident powerful women because it, it puts me into myself of my own power and it's like this it's a ripple effect and it's just really awesome that is a ripple effect i love it and it puts you into your divine masculine and for a man that is confident in his divine masculine can also tap into his divine feminine when he's comfortable in the presence of div- of divine powerful women yeah, it's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. There's a lot of these kind of archetypes of that are kind of dying off. And like they're through the, the dying of these archetypes of what we thought a, a true masculine was or what a true feminine was is dying off at this time. And through that as being the resurrection of humanity, of what we are as divine beings and being true assets of who we're supposed to share with one another and be an expressive of who we are through these uh, male and female energies. And people don't really understand like all it is is just an energy. And if you're able to manifest and balance the two, now you're stepping into the the true power of who we're supposed to be as humans. Yes. And it's not supposed to be so far-fetched at all. It's actually really important to understand and vital and paramount to enhance the balance of these energy fields and to just be expressive of it as well. And for us and our field of work, it's very masculine. And there's yeah. there's and with the the counterbalance of masculinity, there's a lack of certain things. There's a lack of intuition, receptivity, nourishment. And when you have those, those are really important qualities for leadership. And especially when you have a chaotic environment like ourselves. And by being a leader into the self that's able to balance all of these things, it's really beautiful to see someone who can and you know a true leader who has these qualities at a subtle level it doesn't have to be in your face blatant like oh i have these qualities these are uh, qualities that are met with humility because they have experienced them on a soul level yeah and 
I mean, for myself, I am, I'm met with that right now. I mean, I have a little eight-year-old girl that's yeah. running around at home <laughs> and she shows me how to, for me to shift my energy field to being receptive yeah. and compassionate when I'm on edge, you know, yes. uh, it's, it's just really, uh, it's a, definitely a change. I would say more than anything else than it is, uh, as far as like the paradigms and the ground that's being shaken underneath us. Yeah. I love that. You, it was beautifully said. And I like how you said in your line of work, you're missing the intuition and the nourishment and the compassion and some of those things that are the feminine quality and like masculine, masculinity, masculinity and femininity can be kind of started to combine a little bit more and feed off of each other. And I don't know, that would be really like challenging to see that. Yeah. And this is a conversation. Sure. This is a conversation that isn't spoken about, enough but it's we're starting to talk about it more and it doesn't have right. to be a big thing it's just ener- it's just energy right and really tapping into it and being aware of it and like being able to receive is a big is a big quality of the feminine which is amazing without yeah. a doubt yeah which took me years to be able to receive too that's like so hard Crazy. i don't know why receiving is so hard but yes it's a practice for sure so did you have any other, uh, you had a book that came out recently, right? I had a cookbook. It came out last um, holidays called Sexy Nourishing Food to Fuel Your Mind, Body, and Soul. And so it's 90% plant-based. The reason I wanted to be plant-based primarily is because I wanted to show how sexy plants are and that we're also fiber deficient. I think 3% of Americans eat enough fiber. And I wanted to show how easy and beautiful it was to add vegetables into your diet and there's elixirs and superfoods and then at the end i do have a section that's called bison fish and eggs because that's what i eat so the book is for vegans and meat eaters so yes that came out last year and that's available on um my instagram link chef amber la yeah it's crazy i mean i i like how balanced you are with like having like these high quality meats to like bison yes and grass-fed beef and bone broth I mean, my, most of my diet, I have to integrate some bone broth into my day because I feel really good when I, when I eat yeah. it, like middle of the day. Yeah. It replenishes my, my energy and it feels really good. It's a non-negotiable in my diet. I make a crock pot of bone broth every Sunday with chicken feet and beef marrow bones. And I make a big thick jello and I drink it every single day in my smoothies or I make a hot tea with it. And it is like one of my top three superfoods. Liver bone broth and then i like chlorella because it's really great for removing heavy metals great for the liver it's just it's great but those three things like i really don't need to eat anything else <laughs> i mean i do eat my vegetables and stuff but those are like my three top yeah i mean you have like these some of these guys like joe rogan has a podcast right and yeah. he's always talking about eating meat and all these things it's like there's a definitely a it's very popular yeah to for guys especially i know some guys at work who that's all they eat is just meat and uh, I mean, it's great because they're cutting out a lot of bad shit and sure. processed foods, just eating this. But there is a bit of a balance with it. There's a balance. It's a good start. If somebody's eating a primarily processed diet and they go to eating like grass fed meat and stuff, great. That's a great big start. But you need fruits and vegetables in your diet. Yeah. For I your mean, gut biome. I mean, you just do. There was, I know we both follow the carnivore MD yeah. on Instagram. And yeah. we're always like, I kind of laugh at this guy. I mean, he's, he's got a great approach, yeah. right? But as some of it is not sustainable. I mean, it's I tried some not. of his stuff, and some of it is really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he implements a lot of just cutting out all the seed oils. How how disgusting it is for your body. How sick it makes you feel. Uh, but he and he's a big proponent on eating Oregon meats. Yeah. 
and all these things are beneficial. But this guy lives a life, he lives in Costa Rica, right? Yeah. And he eats all these like high vibrational fruits and stuff yeah. that's right off the tree organic. Exactly. He lives a different lifestyle. He than really all of us. does. <laughs> He's out in the sun every day, literally right. half surfs. naked, surfs, is on the water in the water. He eats high vibrational food fruit right off the tree, organ meat, and that's it. Like done butter and some raw milk, I think. Yeah. It's not sustainable. It's just not for the regular regular person. Yeah. I mean it's it, just not. It's just face it. It's, it's some, I always say eat the meat, spit out the bones with a lot of information that's being presented mm, that's because good. you cannot uh, take in all of it. Yeah. So take in what's good. Yeah. Take in what resonates with you, what yeah. feels right for you, and then move forward. Yeah. Uh, there's all this push and pull for like, I'm right, you're wrong. It, it, it that's really Mm-mm. creates a lot of turmoil and polarity. Yeah, it does. Which is, uh, it's creating discord within yeah. our humanity and the way we approach things in life. Yeah. And so if you can approach it, this eat the meat, spit out the bones, creates a bit more openness of the self. It does. And opens the channels of our being to be able to receive things a lot easier. Yeah. And for diet, it's the same way. It is. Do you know anything about like uh, taking like a blood test to find out uh, like what food foods you are sensitive to? Yeah, there's, there's a ton of blood tests out there for sure. Um, I, we can link something at the end of the, of the show, but okay. you could go to like a natural path. I don't know if Western doctors, you'll probably have to find like an acupuncture or a natural path or Are functional doctor. Are you kidding doctor. me? Western doctors know nothing they're not about gonna, They're not going to do. I was trying to think of my <laughs> functional doctor that's like half functional and half, but you can get a blood test. Um, what is it? it? It will come to me by the end of this podcast. Geneva, that's what it is. Uh-huh. And it will come back with like 10 pages of what you're allergic to or not allergic to. Little things are weird that popped up a long time ago for me with like black pepper and basil like weird stuff but stuff shifts so like i used to be allergic to banana and eggs and now like my body has like i'm like transmuted that so you can definitely start start with that i also am a big fan of going and getting muscle tested and they're mm. um nrt doctors that's what i think you were telling about the story with trevor and the vial I've, never done that. I've always wanted to oh you would love that they're all over a lot of chiropractors do it i mean they're very easy to find but that's a good easy um place to start too if you're trying to like make a change in your diet you don't want to get a blood test you can go and get muscle tested and they can tell you immediately oh you shouldn't eat these grains or dairy or whatever is disrupting your gut give you an enzyme start you with maybe some sort of like gut supplement and like go from there i've always wanted to do one of these these muscle tests i think you told me before too about it and i totally forgot but i'm meaning to do it you would love it i've known i could never have dairy i mean growing up i I would just have chorro, which is like mm, in yeah. Spanish is diarrhea. Oh, okay. And all my friends would always make fun of me every time I would have dairy because it would just tear me just apart. Just tear you up. I yeah. would just be inside the bathroom, like just tears running down my face and just oh. like, like just oh. holding the walls. Like, oh my gosh, that's how we grow up. And so I just want to piggyback off of that. Like y'all, if you're eating something and you go to the bathroom and you have extreme diarrhea or gastric pain, you know it's probably not right for your body. So you can right. also start to listen and tune in. Like, how do you feel after you eat that thing? Right. I went out to eat yesterday, fancy restaurant in Beverly Hills for this networking event. And I kind of ate what was being passed around, right? Mindfully. I got home yesterday. I felt, I'm so sensitive now. Like I felt awful. I had to like lay down and take a nap. I was like, I've got a cold plunge, get in the sauna, take my glyphosate 
met pills take you know some activated charcoal and enzymes i mean i was a wreck i was like brain foggy if i would have had that lunch before this podcast like it would have been like really hard for me to be clear so just start to pay attention how do you feel when you eat that thing yeah keep a food diary you know start to just like tune in that's the best way to start really getting connected with your body is like tune in like if you drink or ate that thing it's like oh wait i don't feel very good some people just have an iron stomach, iron body. Some people do, actually. And they don't have to tune in. They, they just don't. live their life and, like, and they have six-pack abs and they just like eat that's and my, drink like shit. And lucky for you guys, but that's not been me. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous of y'all. Yeah. It's, it's going to catch up to you in the end, though. Yeah. It's, it's going to create uh, a wide, around, wide array of uh, responses that come up later in life, though, if you don't act on it now. And, I mean, if we're working as tactical athletes in our line of work. Yeah. And if you're focusing on behavioral health, these things are important for you to understand yourself and your being. Yeah. And to what we're doing is teaching how to shift things before they happen. And the preventative measures through diet alone is, I would say, 80% of the problem, especially if you're trying to work out and get in a, a good, healthy lifestyle. And the biggest part about this shift in consciousness is just greater awareness and just asking yourself the right questions with consciousness. Mm -hmm. And if you feel blocked, just practice with it. And all it is, is just tuning in to the self. And if you look at something and you're going to eat something, ask yourself, is that going to make me feel good after I eat it? That's mm -hmm. all you have to do. That's all you have to do. <laughs> yeah. That's all you have to do is just like tune in and say, is that going to make me feel good after I eat it? And I do believe that there's, how we eat and what we eat like there's that too versus parasympathetic versus sympathetic state right. but um but you can just start to tune in and how did that feel i'm running around and i'm shoving this thing in my in my face and like how how did that make me feel after and i want to say back to what you were just talking about like some of my biggest clients that i help consult make changes and changes in their life and their diet and their mentality and their consciousness they're over 60 because uh -huh. they've got these rock solid bodies and from the outside they're quote unquote perfect and they've got a six pack and they're ripped and stomach of steel and they've been able to drink alcohol every night and ice cream and candy bars and McDonald's and they, they're athletes and then all of a sudden they're like 60 to 65 and their insides are like completely destroyed and uh -huh. the doctors are like, you need this, this, this and that and so it catches up. I always say you either pay now or you pay later. I mean, we have to pay now. You always now. gotta pay the piper. You gotta pay the piper. So you can either pay in medical bills later Right, or you can spend a little bit more money on the integrity of ingredients, quality of ingredients, and supplements. Um, take a little bit more time to cook at home. I know that's like hard to, and you know, not take the easy way out through fast For food. Sure. But yeah, it's crazy, and without a doubt, it's 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 a bit more effort that you have to put out. And when I'm tired, that's when I get sidetracked, and I'll eat something that I don't need to eat, and that's what happens, especially in this line of work is you're tired, you're exhausted, you are very hungry, people get hangry, and then they fall into this trap, right? They eat all the all the sweets that's at the firehouse, donuts, cakes, I can't brownies. imagine. That's it's all, all over I, the place. That's all I'd go after. How are you not, like right. depleted and fatigued like that? I'd be like, give me all the cupcakes right now. <laughs> and that's how, that's how it happens. Yeah. And all this stuff is always out there in front of you. I mean, for me, I don't like sweets, so that doesn't really catch me off guard. Okay, you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll have a second round of seconds rather than I'll have like a, a donut. You okay. know what I mean? So I don't crave those things, but I know yeah. for some people they do. And I just don't have that problem. But I definitely, when I ever I did have like a donut or something, I would feel terrible yeah. after. 
So I wouldn't even risk it. It's immediate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, without a doubt, that's just where I'm at. Yeah. And I know for myself, I just make those conscious decisions, especially when I'm at work, because yeah. I don't want to feel like shit. And you have to be so alert. And I mean, yeah. Cannot, Somewhat. Can't you cannot you cannot let a donut take you down when you're going on an important call. Like you, know, you got brain fog and you're tired yeah. and you have a stomach ache. It's like yeah, you got to be on it. <laughs> right. And yeah. we're so at some point when you reach a point and you breach this level of fatigue with yourself. When we have this thing called decision fatigue, you're making decisions all the time. You become fatigued from that and you become calloused. Mm. Also, compassion fatigue. You're making decisions all the time and you're having to. Uh, extend yourself in an altruistic manner mm. that you become calloused by. And so when you have all these aspects of yourself that are fatigued, now you're stepping into yourself there, go inside the fridge and find something you want to eat. Now you're just making, you're just like, okay, whatever, screw it. I'm just going to grab something and just fill my stuff, my face for a second because I don't want to make a decision. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. It's kind of difficult. I would say it's very difficult. It sounds really challenging. I think if you just like, pre-shop and bring some stuff that's what i do now it's hard it's hard but that would be i mean for me i'd have to yeah i don't know i would be face down into the bag of the box of donuts <laughs> there there would be no stopping with that level of fatigue like i don't want to yeah. make any decisions like screw off like i just need this in my mouth right now unless i had like all my things in front of me okay cool right. i've got all my snacks and <laughs> but that takes effort planning i mean it's hard it does it takes, you got to do that when, on your off days yeah it's a lot of work home. Yeah. With your family, and you got that limited time to spend with your family yeah, and friends. That's a lot. Yeah. It's really just being just aware as best as you can. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the last thing I'd like to tap in with you okay. would be uh, human design. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> it's one of my, if I could like have that as my second profession, like love human design. Yeah. So Amber really presented to me human design and it's basically a, a blueprint that goes way further past astrology it's actually very complex and i think you can explain a bit more what that is and it, it tells you how your vital energy is manifested and and what brings you energy what takes away energy from you and the important aspects of yourself that kind of map out your quality of living yeah, you explained it really well. I mean, for human design was really helped me step into my true authentic self and really see my true path and helped me gain more clarity with my path and gain more confidence with myself. Also, it helped me step into acceptance with not only myself, but the people around me that I was really close with, like my family and friends. So it let go of a lot of judgment that and I had expectations and judgment like on my mother or my dad and my sister and I realized oh my god they're just living their design mm. and when I stepped into my human design I realized that there were parts of me that were fragmented and I wasn't truly embodying my my human design my, my design I'm a one three and when I finally stepped into like my life became easier doors started to open easier life flowed it just um, I want to say everything just flowed easier that's like when i really like honored it so it says it's astrology the i ching kabbalah and vedic philosophy oh and vedic yeah that centers around division of personalities and five energy types and five energy types yeah i wanted to just bring it up because i know it's way deeper than astrology it, it is way deeper than astrology yeah and i love how so my employees every time i hire someone i always do their human design because it helps me know how to connect and communicate with someone and also put them in the proper position and i know 
if I have a two line, I'm going to speak to them differently than if I have a three line. And so it's just been, it's been a game changer, especially in my like romantic relationships, personal relationships with my best friends, my family, understanding myself. I mean, I'm a risk taker and mistake maker. And I used to beat myself up my whole entire life for all the mistakes I would make until finally I realized that that is how I learned through trial and error. And it's like a blessing. And if I wasn't making mistakes, I wouldn't be in my design. And as soon as I stepped into the fact and accepted that I am a mistake maker and that's how I learn and you couldn't tell me any other, any other way, then my life actually flows a lot easier. Yeah. It's I mean, amazing. I think it's great as a leader, you were able to put all your employees in a position that best fit them off their human design. Yeah. And I'm thinking if like a fire captain or a fire chief would try to understand anyone's human design Isn't that funny? <laughs> and then place them in the, in the, oh in the proper interaction of where yeah. they're supposed to be. But I mean, we're jack of all trades. We do everything do and everything. anything. Yeah. So we, we have to all do it. But if someone's going to receive certain information and learn something and understand their quality of their human design, that'd be really fascinating if, if yeah. a, a captain tapped into this and was amazing. able to really do that. But it would require a lot of effort. I just find it very fascinating because I am able to understand myself on a deeper level with my blueprint and how I am able to access my life yeah and because i know for myself i am a hermit and i need to rest and recover by myself in order to recharge my batteries you do and hermits too you're not supposed to process anything in in another person's energy field so if i asked you hey can i borrow a thousand dollars or let's have this like really serious conversation and i need a yes or no answer from you you need to be like, I need, I need a minute or I need to sleep on it. And you need to go have your hermit time because when you're in somebody else's orc field, you technically shouldn't be making that decision right, right then and there. And, and I find with two lines, especially with human design, like when they don't take that hermit time and they're constantly surrounded by people, I mean, it can cause a lot of frustration and anger mm -hmm. and um, resentment. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's I mean, it's amazing. I do a, When I do body work and coaching with my clients, I always ask for their human design. So I know how to go in, what angle to go in with them. Like it's been, it's a tool that I use like with, with everyone. Yeah. Even in it's my friendships. Tool. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I think with us to shift behavioral health, the more you understand yourself at a deeper level, the more you understand your blueprint, how you operate, you are different from everyone else. And everyone has to understand how we are in creation of ourselves to co-create our lives. Yeah. And the more we can tap into all these different fields i mean the consciousness is there for you you have the internet at your fingertips to use it to your advantage and there's so many rabbit holes you can go into to better understand yourself by so many different methods of these mirrors are able to look at and reflect within it's really beautiful and that's why we really wanted to start this podcast trevor and myself because we are mirrors of each other without a doubt and we're seeing that if we can be mirrors of each other how come we can't do it for other people through this podcast yeah. and just reflect and just give simple uh, direction on how you can better assist yourself. And all it is is just simple conscious awareness. Yeah. And right now on this episode, it's all about embodiment. How do we embody ourselves in a better way through diet yeah. and the assistance through conscious decision-making? And if we do that now, you don't have to pay the consequence consequences later. We don't. And paying the piper. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah, it is. And I love what you guys are doing with this podcast. And I've been inspired. I've listened to all of your episodes. I've shared the episodes with some of my family. Oh, and I love, too, coming from men that are really tapped into your vulnerability and authenticity, which is really 
it, it's, I think it's just a good vibration and a good um, thing to show, show people, especially maybe other men that are nervous or scared in their relationship or with their family member, or with their best guy friend to be a little bit more vulnerable and it's okay. And so for you guys um, to share your personal stories like that, I think it's, it's, it's going to help people and change people, inspire people. Yeah. I appreciate that. I yeah. received that. Yeah. And Trevor and myself really love how much reflection we're getting now and the support and it's really valuable uh, to open up a platform and discuss your own vulnerabilities. I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy, <laughs> but it's, um, it's profound and it's impactful. Thank you. Really it's really impactful. Yeah. yeah. We really want to empower others to do the same and, yeah. and to, you know, just take care of yourself, you know, and, and yeah. we just want to help people and, and really give a, just have a better light upon the darkness there you go and not hiding the darkness not being ashamed of it but no. being able to understand the truth that it's showing us Absolutely. And it's it's just holding a candle to it it's all it is it's holding a candle to it take a peek right shut the mm-hmm. door you're that's ready to it. go that's it <laughs> sometimes like sometimes if you want to go into that that darkness and, yeah. and see what else is showing you you have the courage to do that you can do that too yeah but yeah you and i both know how that goes yeah we know how that goes <laughs> Sometimes you can just shine a little candle and just like, okay, cool. I'm going to shut the door on that one. For sure. All right. Um, I think we're going to close. Okay. Yeah, that feels good. That was fun. Cool yeah. Thanks Wonderful. for having me on today. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, that was amazing. Hi, everybody. Uh, Amber Cottle, uh, she is on her own website called chefamber.com. Is that Chef correct? Chefamber.com. Mm-hmm. And you can access her and the source over Hermosa Beach. Yes. And all the beautiful things she has to offer, these high-quality foods, uh, very, very um, just revitalizing meals. You can go up to the source and have. I've been there many of times, and it's rad. Uh, it's great food, and I would just uh, chime in and uh, check into the chest freezer for all the stations that want to set up their own chest freezer yes. cold plunge at a low cost. Check out the step-by-step process. I do it all the time, and it's awesome. So thank you all for listening. Trevor, sorry I missed you, brother, but um, take care. Hi, everybody.